Welcome to Lacrosse Recruiting 101, where the biggest names in lacrosse share their inside views and expertise. Now, your host, Luke Cometti. In this episode of the podcast, I talk with Chris Bocklet. Chris played at Virginia, where he was a three-time All-American and won a national championship in 2011. He then went on to play in the Major Lacrosse League, where he led the league in points and was selected as an MLL All-Star in 2013. And in 2014, he won an MLL championship with the Denver Outlaws. Chris currently plays for the Chrome Lacrosse Club in the Premier Lacrosse League. During the episode, Chris and I cover a lot of topics, including the X-10 lacrosse camps he runs with his siblings, all who were tremendous collegiate and professional lacrosse players themselves. We also go into how he trains high school and youth players to try and help them become a sharpshooter, just like Chris. And a little spoiler alert, it starts with shooting overhand. We dive into his recruiting story at Virginia and how he ended up there, and also how becoming a fitness coach has helped Chris stay competitive as a professional player from a workout and diet standpoint. If there's a topic we missed or there's something you'd like to see covered in future episodes, then please tweet at our Twitter handle at laxrecruit101 or email us at questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com. Thanks for tuning in. We're here with Chris Bocklet out of Neptune Beach, Florida. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Luke. Of course. So first off, I want to say I'm sorry to hear about Lucky Supermarket closing in Neptune Beach. <laughs> um, for those of you, those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you can look at Chris's Instagram, cbocklet10, and it shows a clip of the local news covering the closing of Lucky Supermarket and who better to consult on the disappointing matter than local <laughs> resident Chris Bocklet. It, it was the first uh, news interview I've ever had besides sports, so I was pretty <laughs> excited. Uh, regardless if it was about groceries, um, it was pretty pretty funny and I was excited to, to, uh, share my thoughts. Well, I understand, man. I, I would be a little passionate about that too. I mean, it throws off your routine. I mean, it's fresh it produce, man. That's probably a big part of your life. Big part of your diet. It is. That was my, my go-to grocery store. Uh, the only good one we had here and leaving Austin, Texas, they literally, one thing they have is really the best grocery stores between the whole foods. Yeah. Um, and they, so it was it was a sad day over here in, in Florida. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll go into a little more on your diet there and about that. But let's start off by talking about you have some X10 camps lined up this summer. And can you explain to people listening if they don't know anything about your X10 camps, kind of what you guys do there? You know, it's you, your brother Mike, your brother Matt, your sister Casey, and you have some other staff members on board too. But it's kind of a unique camp. It's a little different than the ones you normally see or no, ones you would normally attend. And I think the big focus is kind of balance. But I'll let you talk about that a little bit and talk about where you're yeah. going to be this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's definitely an exciting uh, event we hold over the summer. Events, I should say. And you, you nailed it. It's um, I do it with my, my family, which is why it's really special to me. Uh, a family camp. I have two older brothers, Mike and Matt, who played uh, – you know, Division One lacrosse, and then went on to play uh, pro lacrosse, and and are in the PLL, and Matt's coaching in the MLL, and a younger sister Casey, who uh, you know won North a champion uh, a national championship at Northwestern, and then was the first team All American, and 
um, and now is coaching and also played in, in, the, in the women's pro lacrosse league. Uh, and it's fun because we all do it together. Uh, it brings us together and we run uh, overnight camps and day camps. And I think the overnight camps are, um, you know, are, are special and definitely, like you mentioned, very different because what we try to do is, um, you know, bring out more than just lacrosse and let the kids do more than just lacrosse. So it has an adventure aspect. Um, we run the camps in the, the Aspen, Colorado, uh, out in Utah and Wasatch uh, Academy, and then in the Adirondack Mountains. So every facility is surrounded by mountains. We have hikes. We bring the kids on, you know, uh, nature walks. We have kayaks and, and um, you know, we, all the sports you can imagine, um, we play when they're not playing lacrosse and, um, you know, nighttime activities, campfires. So it brings out, you know, a true camp atmosphere. Um, and the reason why we, we, you know, put it together is because we noticed that kids were just playing a lot of lacrosse and solely lacrosse, putting all the other sports just to play lacrosse and really year round. Um, and as us growing up, you know, we played other sports. We were snowboarders. We were yeah. basketball players, football players, like outside as much as possible when we weren't playing lacrosse and we wanted to bring up, so it kind of started from our, you know, growing up to, to you know, a camp that I think as kids, we would love to attend. Um, and so, um, you know, gives the, you, you nailed it right in the head, you know, having that balance um, and also just giving the kids a fun opportunity to meet new friends. You know, they're, they're meeting their kids in their cabins um, and staying overnight. And um, it's definitely a fun atmosphere for the kids. Yeah. I love how you say, it's something we would want we we would want to do when we were growing up, because I have memories of attending like Lemoyne Lacrosse Camp, and you know I loved lacrosse growing up, but it was an overnight camp, triple sessions of lacrosse, and even in upstate New York, it still gets pretty hot, and lacrosse right. is a tiring sport, and doing that for triple sessions for four or five days, I mean it was it was a lot, and it got to be a grind, and I really yep. didn't enjoy it that much. But having the balance yep. of doing other activities, it, it would just make the camp that much more fun. It would make those lacrosse sessions that you eventually do that much better and you're more into it. And I just think I think it's a great concept and a great idea. And, you know, it's so cool that you're able to work with your siblings as well. That probably makes for yeah. some awesome time. Yeah. And I'm with you. I had a camp experience. It was actually a, a, um, a middle lacrosse camp when I was younger and I just was, you know, that summer I just picked out lacrosse games. That's how I got better. You know, it wasn't as much travel. And so, you know, I, I had a bunch of camps lined up and then I did the mill and it was, you know, three sessions uh, of lacrosse. I think actually four sessions of lacrosse. And then when you're not playing, you were in the dorm. Um, and so it was just kind of, it was, I got burnt out to be honest uh, by the end of the camp. And I, oh. you know, told my parents, I didn't want to play anymore, do any more lacrosse camps that summer when that was like the kickoff of it um and I was done I hit my stick with my parents I'm like no I'm not doing it anymore and and so it's just kind of yeah like to create to make sure it's fresh you know we want the kids to leave camp excited about lacrosse not burnt out you know and, and so I think having those other games and activities and um you know having some water or you know in Colorado bringing the kids whitewater rafting and stuff so having just other activities just kind of keeps it fresh and fun for the kids so I, I agree with you yeah, that's so cool. But outside of these camps, you also do a lot of training with high school players and youth players. And I do as well here in Austin, but I think back to when you moved here to Austin, this is a few years back, you know, before you moved over to Neptune Beach. 
and I think it was at like an Iron Horse practice, and you were shooting on one of our senior or junior goalies who was a very good goalie, and you're at about 16, 17 yards, 15 yards, and you're just kind of half-step flinging it, and you're just putting it where you want, scoring on him every single time. And here I'm, you know, trying to teach them how I shoot, and then I watch you shoot for a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's what I need to be teaching. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm very interested to hear your take and how you train, especially from a shooting standpoint, because I know that's your specialty. How do you, sure. what do you focus on when training, you know, younger players and high school players, and maybe what you focused on when you were younger and even now, because you're still playing. Sure. Yeah. When what I tell the kids, one is become a great shooter. You gotta, you got. It's all about repetition. Um, so if you don't have a ball bag, when I was growing up, all of my friends always wanted to go shooting with me because I did whatever I could to make sure I had a bucket of balls, right. You know, yeah. mow the lawn, whatever chores around the house. Um, because, uh, you know, I remember a coach told me, gave me that advice and, and it's true. You know, you want to get reps. It's about doing it a hundred times, not just once or twice, finding those balls and doing it again. So anything you're doing is repetition. Um, and then making sure you're practicing the right habits every single time going to Virginia um you know really enlightened me as a shooter I think they have some of the best shooters to come um you know out of that program uh and I came there shooting a lot of sidearm and overhand I got away with it in high school um to be able to shoot sidearm and overhand and what I noticed that all the best shooters on the team were all shooting overhand and all the guys who were, were getting you know all American and all these awards and they were just great. Brian Carroll was one guy that, you know, he could shoot with his right and left overhand. Um, you know, Dom just mentioned, Dom Sargent mentioned he's one of the better shooters that came out of the program or the best shooters he's seen straight over the top, um, in overhand. And, um, that same year I asked Adam Gittleman, who was the goalie, uh, you know, about my shot because I was struggling my freshman year. I wasn't playing. You know, I was behind three All-Americans on attack. I wasn't expecting to be playing, but I wanted to take it as a learning year. And yeah. so I, I needed I needed to change something about my shot. And I asked him, and he told me that he could, when I shot sidearm, he could pick up on my stick, and he could read my stick. Um, and so what I worked on that, that year is just, you know, shooting overhand and, and taking a little different steps, you know, to change my shot so he couldn't read my stick. Um, and that was the biggest difference for me. I went from you know, that, that year of not playing to being the leading scorer the next year. Um, and I just, I only shot overhand. So I'm a huge creature of shooting overhand for those beyond the reasons of just, yes, it's more accurate, but two, because you're able to hide your stick when you're doing it right. Um, and so, you know, whenever I'm shooting on a goalie, I'm trying to, you know, hide my stick so he can't pick it up. Uh, and always just, you know, putting it on cage rather than all these, shooters now I feel like are just shooting for the top bar and you know even if yeah. they miss by an inch they're still missing so it's about putting it in a good spot on cage and being consistent there yeah when you come over the top with your overhand shot too I picked up that not only you're hiding your stick well but it's the same exact release for a high shot an off hip shot a low shot a bounce shot you know it's it's like the same thing every time it's just where the ball's actually going and yep. I imagine that's yeah. tough for a goalie to read as opposed to when you shoot sidearm, you know, right when they see you're shooting sidearm, right, it's one plane. You can go on either side of the goal, but you're not going any real higher or lower. I feel like that would be much easier for a goalie to pick up on. So, yeah. I mean, that's 100%. got a big part of it too. Yep. 
And yep, um, that's exactly. why, you know, I continue to teach players that and I continue to drop your name. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Appreciate uh, the shout out. But yeah, you're, you're right. Exactly. The, the change planes. Uh, I used to work with Paul Carcatera. He was, um, he lived in our town and he, and he was another guy that, you know, really made that huge point where if you come down and you're shooting high and then the next time you come down and shoot low and you're you shoot it from the exact same release point, you know, and have that same motion, it's going to be really hard for a goalie to stop. So that you're, you're exactly right there. Luke. Yeah. So, you know, you were very fortunate to work with Paul Carcaterra and to grow up in kind of Westchester area, John Jay high school, uh, for a very, you know, played for a very solid program there. Can you talk a little bit about how you ended up in Virginia? I know recruiting's changed so much, so much since we've been at that age, but maybe the process there and why you picked Virginia. Yep. Um, yeah, so it was definitely it was definitely a little bit different. We had in New York, we used to have the Empire State game, which Luke, I know you know, um, and um, it's sad that I don't have those anymore. But that was an opportunity to represent your section. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I got to play in those representing Hudson Valley section, which was a big deal and a, and a big recruiting event. Um, beyond that, there was a couple of showcases and the big one back then was uh, called Jake Reed um, in, uh, in Baltimore. And if you look at some of the, the names in our class, um, you know, a lot of those, all of those top players were at that Jake Reed blue chip camp. Um, and I actually, I, I, I was lucky enough to just, I felt like I played really well at that, at that event. And, you know, all the coaches were, were there. Um, and so I got a lot of offers from, you know, I felt like, you know, they kept mentioning that blue chip Jake Reed that I played well there and, and, so, um, you know, I got the letters from there and, um, uh, it really, I, I was probably the, I was the first one in my class to commit. Actually, um, I went down and I visited Virginia. Uh, I, it was an amazing campus. It was, a, it was a school I could not get into on my own, not even, you know, not even close. And so <laughs> the amazing academic program was definitely yeah. like, you know, you know, um, a big, uh, turn on there. And, um, and I also got to see, I like, I like the atmosphere. Um, you know, there was at the time there was a. I went down, I visited, and there was a Duke UVA basketball game, um, and uh, Virginia won with a with a buzzer beating shot, and I rushed the court and like That's got awesome. that feel, and it was yeah. just it was just a really cool. The players, you know, the, the coaches were were pretty laid back. You know, Dom, um, he was super laid back and made me really comfortable the entire time. I felt like there was no pressure um, and it just felt like a right fit early on. Um, and, um, and I just kind of knew, you know, I knew. And so ended up committing and uh, it all worked out. Luckily, it was, it was, I think it was the right choice for me for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you had an awesome career and you were a national champion in 2011, correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So clearly, you know, you made the right choice. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Iron Horse Lacrosse, the number one lacrosse program in Texas for travel teams, camps, and clinics. For more information on Iron Horse, visit their website at www.ironhorselax.com. But uh, after Virginia, you know, you moved on to the MLL and you had a, a very successful career in the MLL. I think you were the leading point scorer in 2013. And since then, you've now joined the PLL. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you continue to train, you know, post-college 
with probably less time to actually train, right? Without with less focus, you know, it's not like you're going to practice as much. You're not, you know, you don't have coaches right. telling you exactly what you need to do. That's kind of, you know, mixed in with your academics. I mean, you're in real life now, right? You know, you you have to support yourself. You're an adult. How do you find time to stay competitive, to train from a, you know, well, weights or, you know, cardio and repetitions from a shooting standpoint, dodging and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. So actually it's definitely, I think, you know, that after the year after you're, you're, you just graduate, right? So summer you graduate and you're still in state because you just finished your season. So you join up with, uh, you know, the MLL and, you know, you're, you're in, you know, you're in good shape. You're, so it's kind of easy transition there, but I think the biggest fallout is that next year, um, cause you have to go a whole year without being a part of the team, uh, atmosphere. And it's a total new thing, right? You graduate, um, and you've been a part of a team your whole life. You have, uh, you know, a, I had a nutrition coach. I had a strength coach. Um, you have a trainer, you have a team, you know, and then your actual coaches supporting you. So it's a ton of support. And then all of a sudden it just kind of disappears. It's a really weird um, you know, a weird dynamic. And I honestly, I, it was a struggle. And I think it's a struggle for a lot of people um, because you kind of lose the motivation because, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, no one, you don't have your teammates to push you. No one is saying, hey, you know, you need to step it up, things like that. So you kind of lose that accountability. Um, so it was a struggle for me. I was starting to go to the gym and just kind of like not sure what to do. And but knew I had to stay active because, you know, I knew I was going to play, continue to play, or, uh, or want to continue to play in the pros. Um, and that's actually how I got into these home workouts. You know, I was like, I, I was struggling. And I saw these, that my family were doing these home workouts. And, you know, I had an ego. I didn't want to do it. I was like, you know, I'm a D1 athlete. I don't need to be doing these home workout yeah. routines. Um, I need a barbell. I, on... I need a squat rack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, and uh, so I, I, you know, put my ego away and I tried this workout and it was, it gave me a calendar and it gave me like a set routine and a trainer. And it, and it kind of brought me back to the, you know, the college days of having that support again and having a plan. And I fell in love with it. I actually got in the best shape of my life. Um, and I loved it so much that I ended up deciding to be, a, uh, you know, an online coach and helping other people who I felt were struggling with the same things that I was um, get connected. And then I kind of had my, started off with my family because I wanted my family to be healthy and I got some of my aunts and uncles and then got some friends and started to grow this little side um, business through, the, through this coaching thing. And, and it really helped me, um, you know, helped me with my own accountability, helped me stay in shape um, for the summer. Uh, and uh, so that was definitely huge for me. And, um, you know, from there, uh, I've continued to continue to do it and there's always new programs and, and I get new people and I've actually gotten a lot of guys who play pro lacrosse because I feel like they're kind of, they want to stay in shape, but they, they need, you know, a lot of the guys in the pros or almost all of them are like nine to fivers, you know, the guys that are sitting behind a desk and then all of a sudden on the weekends, they, they pack their bags, their lacrosse gear and go fly and play games. So, yeah. um, you know, it's been kind of a cool thing to getting some friends and stuff like that involved. Can you talk about the actual workouts themselves? Because I mentioned, you know, you need a squat rack. I, I feel like that's kind of a belief and an old belief that, oh, you need to bench press and squat and do all these heavy lifting 
you know, because that's kind of the standard lifting when you think about it, especially 90s, you know, early 2000s. But now, since everything's so innovative, and especially for the game of lacrosse, which is the fastest game on two feet, I'm not saying those things, you know, those type of workouts don't help, but there's so many other things you can be doing. And watching your videos online or on your Instagram, you know, you're using bands, you're using kind of lightweights, high reps, body weight workouts. Maybe talk about a little about that and why that's just as important, if not more important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I work out because I don't want to, I, I want to be functional, you know, and I, I don't need to be a big, strong guy. I never was. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not clowning guys over. And, and so the, the, the bench press and the, and the squats, like all that stuff is, is great to get game strength, but I want to just last, you know, and not just be on the lacrosse field. Like I want to play as long as I can, but I also want to be able to do all the other things like pick up basketball and tennis and, um, be able to maintain and, and, and have flexibility and things like that. Um, so the workouts that I follow, they're, like you said, they're a lot of low weight, um, and using bands and things. Um, and it's a lot of body weight as well. Um, and what I've noticed is that it just like allows me to, um, maintain strength and flexibility. And, um, you know, I think this is a lot of the workouts that people need because you're not going to hurt yourself. Right. And it's going to help you, you know, gain the strength and prevent injury, which is the number one thing as you start to get older, you know, um, we're trying to prevent injury and be able to just do all the things that we love and we're passionate about, you know? Um, and so those, these workouts, they have pro trainers, um, you know, the top trainers in the world, they, this company pays them, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars so that the average Joe can, can access these workouts and follow them on their own rather yeah. than meeting up with this personal trainer. Cause some of these people, you know, it would cost you a thousand dollars an hour to train with these guys because they're the best, you know, and they're the top. Um, and so it's been great. You know, I, I've, I've encompassed a lot of different things like, uh, yoga, uh, and things that I, Pilates, which is things that I would always laugh at, but have been amazing, um, you know, for my my body and my health and wellness and things like that. Um, and so it's been a really cool, um, you know, thing for me and definitely a huge reason why I've been able to stay in the pros for the last eight years is because I've been following these on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and I, I, that's that makes so much sense. And I love how you say functional strength. Because I feel like when you're young, younger, it's like, all right, I want to be big and strong. But, you know, you reach an age where you're just trying not to get hurt and you're trying to be the best athlete or best, you know, in shape, the most shape you can be for, you know, who you are. And that doesn't always require the squats and the bench and whatnot. Sure. And, you know, I learned that a little late, you know, in the past few years, I've been going to a trainer that's been training our high school team uh, forward motion here in Austin and Brad and the trainers down there, they do an awesome job. And I'm not usually using more than a 50 pound kettlebell, you know, but I'm doing swings, I'm doing clean snatches, all these different things. I mean, it kicks my butt and I don't play competitively anymore outside of Lake Placid, but you know, in my pickup basketball games, I can tell, wow, I wish I was doing this while I still played. So yep. I, you know, I try to preach that and that's why we got our high school team involved that it's, you know, there's such a football mentality, especially here when it comes to weightlifting. And yeah, I, that may work for football, but lacrosse is a completely different sport. And, it, you know, it's very in line with what, with what you're doing. So I, it, it's cool to see how you're able to stay competitive and still play professionally doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think 
when you think about we all went to high school and the, who's in the weight room the guys that dominate that are usually the football players so it's like all right you have to be doing those things and lifting heavy and all that but it really is yeah. such a you know it's an agility sport and speed sport so um you know obviously the workouts are going to be different i also know a big part of you know not only the the working out as you're you know a kind of a coach a life coach here is also the diet as we mentioned earlier you're a little upset about luckies but i know you focus a lot on your diet and supplements and can you kind of talk about how that plays the role that plays in your life and in, as you as a lacrosse player and maybe some tips or advice you'd have for people that you know easy fixes yeah. to you know better their diet to ultimately make them a better athlete yeah so um it's funny because also just like going back to college i felt like you know it's unrealistic to maintain what you ate during those college years <laughs> Um, when you're, you're playing not the only every one that day, said that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you're, you literally can eat whatever you want. You know, I feel like I, I, I ate a ton and, um, you know, would go to the cafeteria and just all you can eat and go to town because I was training like, you know, between practice and workouts and, you know, it, it's insane, you know, what you're doing. And, and so your body needs that fuel. Um, and then you, you know, it, it changes when real life starts to hit, you know, you can't do those have those same habits and nutrition. Um, you know, I started to notice I was feeling, you know, like I wasn't, you know, I didn't have much energy because I wasn't eating right. And so I really focused on, you know, taking some time to learn, um, you know, how to fuel my body correctly. And, and these programs, they have a nutrition, you know, guidelines and tips. So, so really, I just, you know, I, I just followed the, followed the, the, the trainings and on the tips and things and learned. Um, and I ended up just started eating, you know, a lot more produce, you know, and fresh produce and like going to the grocery store. And one little tip is stay out of the, the, the middle lane. So the middle lanes, that's going to be all your boxes and different things that can literally just last on the shelves forever. Yeah. And when you go around the perimeter, that's all the stuff that is fresh, you know, organic produce and can last, you know, two or three days in your fridge, but you got to eat it, you know, and. And that's the stuff that you want to be putting into your body. More plants than anything else um, is, you know, fueling up. You can't eat enough veggies. So, you know, I'd go shop and I'd just fuel my fridge with, with that type of, those types of things. And my thing's all about balance. I'm not perfect. You know, I still have a pizza on a weekend and, um, you know, I'll fall off. But uh, for the most part, I try to, you know, I feel the best when I'm eating healthy, you know. And, and it's humble. You can't do you know, the workouts without eating healthy and vice versa, you know, you got to have a little balance between two. Um, and so for me, shakes have been huge, a huge piece of my life. Um, uh, there's a superfood plant-based shake that I take every single day. It's probably the most consistent thing I've ever done every day for the past four years. So I start off with that um, and then try to just meal prep as much as possible. Um, and really now eating a lot of different plants and things and just reading you know what i'm eating first is something i used to never do is read the ingredients you know and see if i don't recognize a lot of the the ingredients i usually will try not to eat that or um, if there is a lot of problems. ingredients right yeah yeah <laughs> or if there's, yeah you're like yeah exactly right it's a basic food um so i just try to keep it simple like that i wish this is things that i started early on you know because i think these are just healthy habits and i wish um i got taught 
this when, you know, when I was in high school and all these things. So I think, you know, it would have gave me an edge on the field instead of eating pizza before, you know, I competed if I was eating, you know, healthier foods and healthier proteins and things like that, I, I would have been in better shape. But yeah, so nutrition is definitely something I'm still learning. And, uh, you know, it's it just I feel the best when I'm eating the healthiest. So it's been good. Yeah, I think everyone's still learning. I mean, there's no exact science to diet and everyone's right. different. It's really kind of finding what works for you and just staying updated. But it sounds like you have a pretty good process in place and uh, helps true. with the shakeology. I remember you saying this a while ago. It's you get all these nutrients that, you know, you're going to have to get 20 different, you know, foods to get all what you get in the two scoops of the shakeology that you put in. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yep. you know, yeah, it I mean, makes it that much easier. You know, you not, no one has time or not many people have time to get all that and prepare it and make it edible. You know, it's easy to just boom, throw it in a shake and right there, you know, those are all those nutrients. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, the shakeology has been huge in my, in my life. And honestly, like you said, every, everybody, everyone's, body's different you know and everyone reacts to different foods um but i think just the more you can be aware of what you're eating um instead of just eating because it's there is definitely you know is, is beneficial to you obviously cool well we're gonna wrap up here with uh, a new edition of the podcast called the fast five and i got this idea from a guy named paul out of georgia he's a listener and I'm just going to go through five questions and just give me your quick answer. You need to give a little explanation. It doesn't have to be that fast. But uh, you ready to go? Yeah, hey, I love it. Let's see. Favorite stick you've ever used in your career? Uh, I had Proton was like the first original stick. Love, I used to love it. The, the old Proton. Um, got nice. me started with the cross. So fan favorite. What shaft? F-15? I think it was like F-15, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah the unbreakable yeah. F-15s back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Podcast or book? Uh, podcast. Big, big listener. Um, I love it that you can just do, you can multitask with the podcast. Yeah. I may have answered this a little earlier, but more meat, less carbs and veggies, or less meat, more carbs and veggies? Those carbs you know can me, be I'll whole foods, more. too. Like potatoes. Yeah, and I, I think I think I think uh, less meat, more plants. You can't you can't eat eat enough plants. So plants all day. Ice bath or hot tub? Ice bath. I just I just before this call, I got out of a, a cold shower. I'm a big Wim Hof cold shower guy. So and and ice bath, big fan. You ever do cryotherapy? I have. I only did it once. Apparently, you need to do it like frequently to have the the uh, effects. So after the one session, I didn't really notice anything, but I'm, I think I think I need to give it a, a, another go, multiple sessions. Yeah, it's a little expensive too, but uh, you know I'm in a fortunate situation. One of our my former players' dads runs a place called Champion Champion Cryotherapy here in Austin, and I've been going for a couple of years now, and I think it does wonders. Um, yeah, you gotta be a frequent visitor. That's awesome. But last one, college you would have gone to if you didn't go to Virginia. Uh, Fairfield. Both my brothers went to Fairfield. Yeah. Go Stags. I was going growing up watching all their games. Uh, it's 45 minutes from my house. 
And so I'd say I would have fam- followed the family suit there and, and would have been a stag. But I'm very happy I went to Virginia. For sure. Well, thanks, Chris. Some awesome info there. Uh, I know you have a training session here, so uh, I'll let you go. But uh, thanks for coming on. And we look forward to seeing you here in Austin. Well, you got you to keep lined up this summer, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll be there. So I appreciate it, Luke. I, I, loved it. I love this show, man. I love what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks, man. All right. I'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Recruiting 101. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a question for Luke? Email them to questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com.